Praise the Lord. God is good all the time. Amen. <laughs> it's true. Isn't God good? If, if some of us were God, I'm sure it will not rain in Ghana for a long time. <laughs> Thank God that He is God. Amen. There's um, an unavoidable question that every child of God ought to answer. And I will not be a good man if I don't bring this to your attention. Um, because whether we decide to answer it or not, it is unavoidable. Praise the Lord. And so within this short time, I would like for you to give me your attention. You know, in this life, it's so very easy to um, live for yourself. It's very easy. You can live for yourself and put a stamp on it by saying, I live for God. You can live for your job and put a stamp on it that I live for God. You can deceive yourself. But I want to bring your attention to a very serious and a critical matter. Who do you live for? Hallelujah. Who do you live for? I want to beg you. Don't take it lightly. Because God a day is coming when there will be an opportunity for your assessment and my assessment. The Bible tells me that everything will be bare. Everything will be brought to bear. In other words, everything will be made plain. And at that time, what my motive was for living for myself, it could not be hidden. If I live for the Lord, it will also not be hidden. It will be plain and straight. Nobody can bribe God. Nobody can bribe God. And so I want you to pay attention for this short time that we are here. You agree with me? Say amen. amen. So Father, talk to us. According to your word, the gathering shall always be unto you. And so, we haven't gathered here for a pastor. Neither as a tradition we ought to gather, that is why. But you said emphatically in the word of God, Unto you shall the gathering be, that no flesh will glory in your presence. So we plead this morning into the afternoon, that your will shall be done. Speak to us your word. You said when a man hears the word of God and he doesn't understand it, Satan will come and steal. And so I pray for understanding for my brethren and for me as we receive your word. So your word will stay with us as long as we live that we may honor you. In the precious name of Jesus we have prayed and everyone said one more time. 
You know, sometimes in the course of study, you come across some things that you cannot let go. This scripture I'm going to share with you this morning is one of those scriptures that for some weeks now I have been thinking. I go and I come, I go and I come. I'm not hiding it from you. I tell you how I do it. I I read chapters and all of this, but once in a while a scripture jumps up and I go and come. Then I know that the Holy Spirit is trying to bring my attention to something. As I keep saying to you, I'm not coming to... I didn't prepare the sermon for you. I prepared it for me. And I'm sharing it with you. Because I'm not about... Paul said, if I preach to you and I don't discipline myself, I'll be a castaway. So that's why I'm paying attention to some of these serious statements in the Bible. Who do you live for? It's a very serious question that needs to be answered today. So after here, you decide who you live for. I didn't say you are not born again. I'm only asking who do you live for? Because you can be born again and be very happy about it. And yet you live for you. Actually, living for God and living for yourself, there is a very thin line in between there. In such a manner that if God doesn't show you mercy and open your eyes to see, you will never know. You can live for yourself and be very confident that you are living for God. And that's the reason why we need to look at this matter seriously. Amen. The love of God has actually compelled us to speak the way we are speaking. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. I know now I will give you time to write it, but would you do us the honest by reading it on the board so everybody else can hear? One, two. in the Bible. That is why it's the Word of God. You see, my air is echoing, so probably I better stand at one place. The Bible said, the love of God compels us. The love of God compels us. Because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Amen. Let's, let's look at this. You see, whenever people trample on Jesus, it's an offense to Almighty God. 
the death of Christ, as it has been so much spoken about, is not something that anybody should take it light. No. It was not an easy death. It was a penalty that paid for your sins and my And it was so in the sight of Almighty God that He has decided that anybody who cherishes the birth of Christ will be cherished before Almighty God. Anybody who takes it for granted will be taken for granted. So the love of God compels us that we judge thus Christ died for us. You see, there are many people here. We are doing our best. But you will discover that the best you are doing is for you. Not for God. But I want to bring your attention to a very crucial matter. Why should I live for myself and God permit me to come to heaven? Why should I? When he sent his son Jesus into the world to take you from a lot of foolish things and to save your life and to give you eternal life, you turn it down. It's not something God will take kind to it. Now listen to this carefully. I won't want, because I want to say a few things, so I will concentrate on the verse 15. Would you just, Nana, put me on the verse 15 for the time being and let everybody read that for me. One, two. There's one word I want to pick from this verse. I think it's so serious. No longer. No longer. No longer. There must be a termination of your previous life. And you start on a new note. The life in Christ Jesus. Why is it so important for God to say no longer? Why? Because it involves so much that God is saying, I cannot permit anything of yours. See how strong the matter is. For he died for all. If you are born again today, and you call yourself a Christian. And you are living a life according to the way your own dictates tells you. My news for you this afternoon, this morning, is so simple. He died for you. Therefore, you cannot live for Mr. Me anymore. If you have never thought about that. And you have always thought that, ah, as I make, I'm a Christian, as I come to church, I pay my here Because the church, the pastors, we have spoken so much about tithe that sometimes somebody does not even step in church, but he will send his tithe. And we are very happy that he's paying his tithe. May I announce it to you, if you are sending your tithe here, me, I'm not happy for you. As much as I need the money, 
You can keep it. The day you are ready to start coming to church, you can bring your tithe. You won't help me to say amen. You see, there are things that are so crucial that I will be a wicked man not to tell you. There are many of us living for ourselves, our heart desire. Whatever we want is what we do. Whether God approves it or not is not the matter at all. That is where we are staying this morning. Anything that makes you, you know, you can decide things at the detriment of the word of God and your relationship and it doesn't matter anything to you. I'm bringing your attention to it that wake up because he's saying that you no longer. Can I ask you to do me a favor? Just ask your friend who is sitting by you. You may know or you don't know the person. Just say, have you considered who you are living for? No, one after the other. If you do it like that. The person asks you, and then you too, you ask. Alright? Can we do it now? One, two. You have no partner, so I will be you. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. What are they before talking about? Did you ask the question? Did you take your time? You broke it down even. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, honestly, I think it's about time we woke up as children of God. There are too many of us. Every day I'm praying, I'm asking the Lord, Lord, do we really understand? You know, when I read the word of God and they are jumping out of the leaves and hitting my heart... I begin to ask myself, Lord, do we really understand these things? The Bible is the one that is speaking that said, the reason why you are born again is because Jesus died for you. Abi, are you listening to me? Is somebody listening to me? I'm speaking my country language, Nigeria. That's why I said Abi. Praise the Lord. Do that. The day you gave your life to Jesus, you were not forced. Who was forced that you have to give your life to Christ? Let me see my hand. Is there anybody like that? You are the one who decided. And I keep asking myself, what made you decide that you will follow Jesus? And I know majority of us who are here following Jesus for one thing, like, Lord, for the little things that we have, no, not plenty, the things we have heard about hell, me, I don't want to go there, oh, so that's why I'm here. If I ask you, those of you with that opinion, to raise your hands, you will not raise your hands, so I won't ask you. But may I say, God opened the door for us to come. As much as no one was forced to come into the kingdom of God, 
May I humbly tell you that with your willingness of heart, when you heard the gospel and you saw your situation and you said to yourself, no, I cannot be like this. I must go to the one who gives life. And you came. You came with all of your heart. He did not reject you. But he has only one condition. If you are really coming to me, then I want to make it known to you that you cannot live for yourself anymore. And is this a small matter? So that's why the strong word is in there. No longer. No longer. Not anymore. Not by any means. You have no choice. If you don't know, may I tell you that you think you have choices you don't have. Praise the Lord. If you think you want to live the way you want, it's your idea. Drop it today. Because he said, you, you cannot come to me and so satisfy yourself with your own plans and desires. There are so many of us sitting here today. Any idea that comes into your head, whether you like it or not, you get up, you do it. True or false? Are you minding me this morning? Do you know that when you put your money at the bank and somebody comes and he tells you, or you have worked, they have transferred the money to your bank at the end of the month. And somebody comes and he says that the money you received at the end of the month, bring it. I have some use for it. What do you think it will be your answer? <laughs> I like what somebody said. I like it. At least people have since I said, fireworks. <laughs> Don't you think it to be fireworks? If you decide not to make it fireworks, in other words, you grow wild, the best you can do is that, me, I won't mind. How can you say to me that, me, my money, are you the one who worked for me? Won't it be a common, language, a common question you will ask? Are you the one who worked for me, my friend? Don't. And I can see some Ashanti man saying, fair, fair, fair. answer me. And I can hear a gunman saying, Que, que, that we ain't a kind. She can't. She can't. It's not yours, it's mine. And I can see somebody saying, How I sweated, please. But I see a different matter here. That Jesus said, You, you cannot live for you. And you see, the biggest problem we have, and I pray God in the name of Jesus, that understanding will come. Do you know if we will be honest with ourselves this morning, we will see that even though 
we say we live for God, there are restrictions, demarcations we have set for God and say, Lord, it's true. You are my father, but this area, let me decide. Oh, my friend, you are not minded. Is that not what we are doing? I want church, honest church members. Lord, yeah, you said it, but I didn't hear. I have plans for it. I'm not talking even about money so that you think that the pastor is speaking like this. So because he's coming to raise money, I'm not coming to raise no money. I want you to understand that no longer means no longer. No longer means there is no choice. It's about time you started opening up your heart so that every communication of God will become effectual by acknowledging every voice that comes by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. You no longer live for yourself. I don't know how you are perceiving this one, but if you are reading by the Holy Ghost through Apostle Paul, and you read such things as, hey, hey, that those who live should no longer, I thought he was going to say, should no longer live for. You know, there are a few things that you are no longer supposed to live for. For them, the rest are yours. I see it's the total package. It tells me that you have no right to live for yourself. It tells me that you should be mindful of God. And whatever God wants you to do is what you should be happy about to do. Amen. No longer. You see, every one of us, when we were not born again, when we didn't know Jesus... We lived, and in fact, the unfortunate thing in it is that we have even, when we need to be renewed in the knowledge of our minds to be able to know how to live, we have deliberately refused to know that. And so, Lord, I have come, bless me and accept me into the kingdom. We need, Lord, from you is that put my name in that book. Your name in that book, my name in that book is more important to me than... Uh, please, allow me small. Like somebody told me, he said, you know, one of my dearest sisters, she said, you know, you are a good preacher, but I don't like the way you preach continuously and emphasize this. And I said, what? He said, why? Can't we live small? And I said, what do you mean by that? He said, don't you know sin is sweet? He told me. At least he was honest. And I said, sweet. Sweet. Hey. Hey, don't do that. Jesus is demanding. And I want to announce it to you. As much as I won't be able to tell your personal life. Because of course it's no business of mine. It's the business of the Holy Ghost. But may I tell you that. Whichever way you are fashioning yourself. And doing your things. The Bible is saying today, you no longer live for yourself, but you live for him who died for you. Somebody shout a big amen. amen. It's a big plus to live for the Lord. Should no longer. Should no longer live for themselves. 
but live for the one. What does that mean? You see, I used to work for many years. I used to be an airline man. And I, in doing that, in fact, I must be honest with you, I was such a hard-working man that sometimes I would work 24 hours. Of course, that was not a normal thing. If you have AOG, then you have no choice. Your craft is grounded because there's a technical fault. It can go. And if you were supposed to be taking off at 9 and it was discovered at 9.30, the flight has a technical problem and the engineers are working on it, 10.30, 11.30, we have something we call crew rest. As soon as it hit a certain time, they will tell you your crew rest has expired. And they will tell you that your crew cannot travel because the time they need to fly is over. So whether the aircraft has been fixed or it hasn't been fixed, the crew will go back to the hotel. I remember in those days when I had that experience and I said, ah, here in Holland, six hours. They said, the captain said, no. Per my regulations, even me myself, if I decide to take the plane, I'll be fired. Because I need to go and rest and get my strength back. And when that happened, what will happen is that then I have to see to it that all the passengers have checked in, go to the hotel. Their baggage, those who would like the baggage to be in our possession and those who would want some to be taken away, um, security be around the aircraft. By the time you finish with all of these and communication and all of that, the day has broken. And then the following day, you begin to make arrangements. So, well, you know, you once in a while, you have those things. And when I was doing those things, I thought I was working for God. Probably I was. But I will explain why I'm saying this. Now, anything that you are doing, that is not God-focused. I beg you in the name of Jesus. In other words, I was working to be paid... I was working to have something. Of course, I'm not saying that go and resign and retire and come to full time. That's not it. I am saying that even on your job, what is expected of you to do, you must do it as unto the Lord. Amen. Do the work in such a way that if nobody else was doing it, I remember a statement that was made by my secretary when I left. And then I went to visit them and I said, so how? She said, Dio. They used to call me Dio also. All kinds of names. And I said, well, what's happening now? How is the job? He said, oh, when you were here, we were working for you. But when you left, we now work for this company. And I said, what does that mean? He said, my friend. They don't understand anything. We too, we work within the hours. But for you, when you were here, you did it in such a way that it was exciting working for. May I tell you, may it be exciting working for the Lord. Hallelujah. It means that those of us who are lazy, those of us who are not doing what is expected of us, those of us who even come out to say, Lord, this one, leave it for me to decide. Drop it to get because to, 
you no longer live for yourself, but you live for the one who died for you. Amen. Do you know that on your job, even if you're a housemate, on your job you can decide to live for yourself. The, the madam says that clean this here, and then when she takes off, she says, clean here. I know how I will do it. All of these we do. Even if you were a gardener, even if you were a driver, oh, can you go and give this money to my sister for me? He says, I will go, but I will pass here first. There is no fear anymore in our society. But you think that that one doesn't count because, oh, oh, but this one, God, what does he care for? No, God doesn't look at these things. So. You know, I wish I had two church members in the world. Do you know who I wish they were my church members? President Obama and Banka I would have loved it. Do you know that as great as their positions are, do you know that when they leave this earth, their judgment is not going to be based on the fact that they were presidents. It's going to be based on the fact that did you live for Jesus or you lived for yourself? So if a man is in position and he uses his position to do contrary, he will answer for it. Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you know that no longer, I'm still on the no longer, do you know that one of the things that deceives many Christians is names. When somebody is called Joseph, automatically when you hear Joseph, you think he's what? He's a Christian. But you can have Joseph in a Muslim dress. Amen. Are you understanding that? I'm not sure. Are you understanding that? To leave, most of us are very excited. In fact, if President Obama came to Ghana and he said, I want to visit, and they said, There's a glass church here, it looks nice, that is what will befit befit your status. You and I will be happy about. You are not minding me at all. You know what we will be happy about? What will be your message after here? We repeat it. Hey, the whole Ghana, Obama came to our church. What has that got to do with God? What has that got to do with God? Obama came to your church, so he has passed. Your church has passed. If Obama can stand there, I spoke about it last week, and can allow demons to tell him that from now on, make a rule 
that a man can marry a woman. A man can marry a man. And Obama comes to your church. What has that got to do with that? Is that decree living for Jesus? But we get deceived by people who come to church. Oh, do you know that we have this minister who comes to our church? Oh, he's a Christian. And we all know that a man can be a Christian by the name, but he is an idol worshiper or a Muslim. Isn't it true? Oh, why? You haven't... I was witnessing years ago at Malata Market. And there was a woman in Mayafi. When you see Mayafi, what does this show? Eh? It shows Muslim. So I went to the woman and I said, in fact, I was hesitant a bit. I went with Teko. And I said, oh, I want to talk to you about the Lord Jesus. Do you know him? The woman looked at the left, right. I believe. I'm a child of God. Because of my husband, that's why I have. Then I noticed that outward means nothing. But what you do. No longer the woman was saying. So I said, but do you go to the mosque? He said, yes, I do. Because otherwise they will kick me out of the house. But when I go, I pray Christian prayers. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and I said, in fact, we didn't have much time. I would have said, how do you do it? Do you? Of course, over there, we don't, they don't do it like our own. No? So I can hear this woman. Ah, Jesus. Pray Christian prayers. She will not be disqualified. Hallelujah. But we, we don't uphold this truth. No longer this day you are sitting here. Begin to ask yourself this unavoidable question. Who do I live for? Don't let it pass just like that. Who do I live for? Do you know that you can live for your job in such a manner that you will even forget that you are a Christian? I know what I'm talking about. You day, you sleep and dream about your job. You sleep, you do everything. It's all about my job because it pays my daily bread. But the Bible says, no longer. No longer. Don't live for yourself. I mean, live for Christ Jesus. Amen. In other words, make sure that things that you are doing, they are in line with the word of God. Luke chapter 20 verse 38. Luke chapter 20 verse 38. Would you want to read that? This was said by Jesus. One, two. But the... One more time. For he is not the God of the dead, but of the living. For all leave to him. Praise the Lord. Jesus said that our God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. And we all live to him. What he is saying is that, you know, let me quickly say this before. You know, 
I don't know about the other languages, but sometimes in the Akan language, if you want to, somebody dies and it comes to somebody and the person had to pass it on to somebody, one of the things you get is that, Hello? Yes. Question When did he become God's own? Why? Because he's dead. What I said in three is that when somebody is dead and you have to announce it to somebody, and say, listen, this person is dead, they come out and say that, oh, this so-and-so person has become God's own. How? If you are living, you are not living for God, it is when you die that you become His own. When the Bible says that He's not a God of the dead, but of the living, what God is impressing upon our hearts this morning is that even as you are living, live as unto the Lord. And from that, when you die, you will be His. But if you don't live for the Lord, and when you die, and in fact, let me, let me, let me quickly say this, very important. We, the pastors, are the ones who are deceiving everybody. When, when they bring the corpse there, we become very cool, and we are morose, and everybody, you know, we praise the Lord, and may He so rest in peace. It is no resting in peace. If the person was not living for God, my pronouncement of may his soul rest in peace, would it be in peace? He's already there. And now, you know, as God is opening my eyes to the scriptures, I'm becoming even very careful about some statements that are so common and commonly used and we think that there's nothing wrong with it. Because, you see, a man who has not lived his life for Jesus... If I stood here and I said that, yeah, may his soul rest in peace. And if some people can even go to the higher mass, when they can, we are going to transfer him from one end to the other. Absent from the body, present with the Lord, or present with the devil. If you don't live for Christ, when you die, you are going to hell. Okay, so if you are waiting till the day you die, and my Osofu will pray, so I, my destiny will change, go and ask Davies. When Davies was at the hell there and saw the torment, do you know what he said? I beg you, send somebody to go to the earth. I have five other brothers who are leaving. Because this place that I'm here, I am tormenting. I don't want them to come here. Father Abraham said, eh, if, the man, if they were here, let them hear. There are preachers there. But here, nobody goes to tell anything. Trying to say to you, decide who you will live for. If you are waiting till you die, and we will have a big funeral, and we will read every lie, it won't change anything. If you believe in Jesus, you must also walk with Him. You must be obedient to His word. You must do what He tells you to do. So when you die, since you were his, whilst you were alive, when you die, you shall also be his. Praise the Lord. But if you are waiting for translation, uh, uh, if you are waiting for transfer, nobody has the authority to transfer. It is only Jesus. Faith in and transfer you whilst you are even alive. Praise the Lord. So that's why Jesus said, he is not the God of the dead, but he is the God of the living. 
trying to say, I want to be part of your life whilst you are alive. Because, you see, it is only when I have captured you that you are mine. And when you are not here, you shall be with me. But if here I am not for you and you think that when it is finished, I will bring you in too bad. So if a man has a decision to make, it is whilst he is alive. Praise the Lord. Is everybody listening? If a man has a decision to leave, let me just touch on two people. There, were, there are two people in the scriptures. Their stories are very fascinating to me. Two rich men. One, one of them, the Bible calls him the rich fool. One of them, the Bible calls also the rich young ruler. Now, the rich young ruler, the rich young ruler, I shift from Shanti to proper brothel. Amen and amen. <laughs> the Shantis are looking for the R and the L. They won't get it. The rich young ruler. This guy goes to Jesus. And then he says that, what must I do to have eternal life? Jesus said, no problem. You know the law. As soon as Jesus announced that the man was very excited, he says, which of them? He said, oh, you know it. Jesus mentioned few. The man stood up and said, I have obeyed it since my childhood. I have no problem with the law again. And Jesus looked at him and he loved him. Then he goes further. Is that all? Jesus said, we are left with one more. Just one. There's no big one. And I can imagine the man shaking his shoulder, thinking that, hey, uh, bring the lance. Jesus said, you have quite a lot of things, you know. Go and sell them all. Distribute to the poor. And come and follow me. I can hear his voice say, (coughs) What what did you say? And Jesus repeating, I'm not bothered about the selling. I don't think the matter was the selling. But Jesus was saying that, Except you come and live for me. You know, he said, come and follow me. Except you come and live for me. You can't have what you are asking for. And the Bible said he turned and was very sorrowful. Praise the Lord. Today I'm asking, is there a man here or a woman who says, Pastor, I've been living for myself. But hearing this, I want to turn and follow Jesus. It will be a blessing for your life. The second one. There's nothing wrong with being rich, you know. Let me put it. There's nothing wrong being rich. But there can be a whole lot of things wrong with it when you do not know how to live for Christ. Second one. 
These things I'm speaking, one is from uh, Matthew chapter 19, 16 to 21. One is also from Luke chapter 12. From say 13 all the way down to 22 or so. The second one. There was nothing wrong. The man has worked very hard. He has built big warehouses. And he has stored his merchandise in them. And he was, I mean, he was a good planner. He was an excellent planner. And so when he taught, I'm not sure how old, but let's assume that he must have been 60 years. And then he taught that, I'm in good health, so give and take. God will give me 30 more. This 30, these things I have stored, I am very confident that by 30 years I won't be poor. So, one day, he threw himself on the bed and he said, Ah, what a hard work it has been. I'm now going to relax and say to my soul, All relax and let's enjoy. I have worked hard. May I now relax? The Bible said, God said, Thou fool. See, the issue is not being rich, but the pronouncement of living for me was the matter that went against him. Can I say this to you? If you have never understood, are you prepared to follow Jesus? Are you prepared to live for him? In Romans chapter 14, as I come to a close, I see a very beautiful statement there. Verse 7 and 8. Oh, for none of us lives to himself. And no one dies to himself. Do you know that if we had the choice of not wanting to die, none of us will go. Hello? <laughs> I am very certain that if you have the choice to say I won't die, anytime death show up, you say, who dare you? I'm not ready. Go back. When I'm ready, I'll call you. And I'm very sure that for a thousand years, people would never be ready. But you see, the Bible says that. For if we live, we live to who? The Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the lost. This is where I will explain simply by saying that if you are living, this one is not talking to unbelievers. This one is talking to believers. Those who have given their life to Jesus and they are living correctly by the Lord Jesus and by the word of the Lord. We are the ones we have no problem. In fact, we are the ones that Apostle Paul talks about that, you know, I wish I could go home today. But you see, I want to remain here so I can continue to preach and teach. That is it. But anybody who doesn't belong to Jesus, you cannot confess this to yourself. Because you don't belong to him. Before you can belong to him, you first must come to him. Whosoever will come to me, I will know why he's cast away. Amen. 
And today, may I say, why are you wasting time? If you come to Christ, He will receive you. No matter what you have done, He will accept you. In fact, it is possible you may have killed. The only demand is if you will repent, I will receive you. But failure to do that, you will not be accepted. So Christ Jesus is the focus here. What you will do. As we come to a close, I want you to consider carefully. Who are you living for? Have you even started living? There are some of us, we are very busy in a lot of things. Time didn't allow me to explain a lot of things. We are busy about a lot of things. But the truth of the matter is that none of all of these things we are busy about had anything to do with God. But today you want to start afresh. You say, Pastor, I want to turn loose to the Lord and fully live for Him. If you would take that step, He would receive you. Bow your heads with me in prayer soberly. Who do you live for? Who do you live for? You may be at the gallery at the top. You may be down here. I want to ask that question that I said is unavoidable question. Who do you live for? Probably you are saying, Pastor, I want to live for Jesus from today. Brother, it's possible. You can turn and he will receive you. As we have all bowed our heads with our eyes closed, you are saying, Pastor, I want to turn my life to Jesus because I want to start with him. Wherever you are sitting, I would humbly pray for you if you did. You raise your hand. So wherever you are sitting and you say, I want to turn my life to God bless you, brother. I want to turn my life to Jesus, wherever you are. Lift up your hand and I will see you and I will pray for you. Lift it up boldly. Don't be ashamed. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. There's still one more. Yes, one more, more. All of you with your hands up, would you please stand? Stand to your feet. Don't be ashamed. Just stand wherever you are. Just stand. Stand. You are saying... Pastor, I want to turn my life completely to Him. It is true that I've been living, but the truth is that I've been living for myself. I no longer want to live for myself anymore. I want to live for Him. There are some people who are struggling. Let me tell you something. Except you yourself decide to turn your, heart, your life to Him, He will not force you. But if you willingly turn it to Him, he will accept you. One more. You're just waiting for a few minutes. You want to turn your life to Jesus. He's ready to receive you. Those of you with your standing, would you come to me in the front here, please? Just walk to me in the front here. Just surrender. Come, come, come. Don't be afraid. It's your day. You are making a decision that you want to turn your life completely to Jesus. Maybe some of you were struggling to lift up your hands. You have one more chance. Just get up and walk to the front here. I will not beg you, but let me tell you something. This thing that I'm telling you, one day will stand. But God will tell you that, don't didn't you hear me speaking through my servants? Somebody else need to get up and come. Somebody else.
turn your life loose. There are some of us, Satan is using us. He tells us any foolish things, we get up to do it. We have no control. Today, I want you to be in control because Jesus is coming in. Would you get up and come? The last call is coming. One last message, and then we will pray. Those of you in front, please come closer. Don't be afraid. Just come closer to me around this pulpit. Here on my left, come closer. Don't be afraid. Come closer. I need you. I love you. Just, yes, it's okay. See, those of you who are here, I want to tell you something. In this life, we live once. And when our lives are over, and the overness of our lives is not based on growing for too long. We all know that children die. Infants die. The old age dies. But a decision that you are taking today will determine your first step and walk with Jesus. The Bible tells us we are all sinners. Withholding nothing. The only thing that can wash and forgive us our sins is the blood of Jesus. Faith in Him will just wash And I want you to decide. I know you have got to You raise your hands. No, you have made the decision. You have come here. Let it loose. That you will let sin go and let Christ go. And be determined that it will not be one day show. But you will say, This decision I'm taking today, I am going to walk with Jesus the rest of my life. There was a very healthy man. On the 26th of December, we baptized people here. He was not sick, there was nothing wrong. We entered into the new year. He was in church 31st. Few days after, we weren't seeing him. We were told he has died. But I thank God when we, when the baptism was going on, the man said, I, I, I thank God that God has accepted me and I have baptized. I want you to know today this decision. You have to take it seriously. Say this after me, Lord Jesus. I come to you now. Acknowledge that I'm a sinner. I have sinned against you. I do many wicked things. But you haven't rejected me. This afternoon, you have invited me. And I have come to you. I repent of all of my sins. Please, Jesus, I am told that on Calvary's cross took care of my sins. 
this day I receive your blood and I have faith in you that you are able to save me. Deliver me now in the name of Jesus. As I open my heart, I receive you as my Lord and as my Savior. Lord, I want to live the rest of my life for you. Begin with me now. Thank you for receiving me, for accepting me from this moment going. I'm all yours. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'll pray for you. Father, see these sons and daughters. See these people. Some of them, Lord, Satan was doing everything to destroy their eternal hopes. But I thank you that you've given them invitation. Lord, we command that every chain of Satan be broken in the name of Jesus. Set them free. Deliver them from the shackles of sin. That from this moment, they will live for you. Protect their hearts their minds and direct their hearts to the love of God as long as they live from this moment till the day you will call them. We bless you. We honor you for inviting these our brothers and sisters also to join us in the faith. In Jesus name we have prayed. Amen. I want to beg you that follow this gentleman. They will take you information and talk with you and then you come back.